So glad to be here tonight. Thank you for once again for those watching online. We are going into win the day, uh, habit six, actually. And so this has been a wonderful series. And uh, last time I got to speak, I did ask this question. How many of you have gotten a principle, at least a nugget out of these teachings, and you're, you're applying them to your life? This tonight has actually changed my life, getting ready. Matter of fact, this is probably what I would recommend you do, is actually get the book. And as a family, as a home, kind of go over these principles together as a family because I promise you this is going to help you. Uh, I said it before, we come in here and we preach. We got great, our pastor is an incredible preacher, great man of God, preaching and teaching. And we have great ministers. Even the guest speakers that come are just absolutely phenomenal. And that is wonderful. But sometimes you just need down-to-earth principles and application in your life to be a success in your job, in your home, as a parent, spiritually, just, hey, this is how you do it, one, two, three. And some things may work, some things may not, but this is just an avenue that we have chosen to, to share with you because we believe each and every one of you are all full of potential, and God wants to do more in your life every single day. And we want you to wake up knowing that I'm going to win this day today. Amen? Amen? So... Glad you're here tonight, and uh, if, if you have your papers, you can be seated. If you don't have a paper and you want one, you can remain standing. We have need a paper up here. There you go. If you need a paper, remain standing or raise your hand. Ah. <laughs> uh, he's tricking them, tricking them. Many years ago, Dr. Tony Campolo was teaching a class at the University of Pennsylvania. When he turned to an ordinary, he turned an ordinary lecture into an unforgettable lesson. He asked a student sitting on the front row, young man, how long have you lived? And the unsuspecting student answered his current age, right? He asked the student, when the student asked them, he answered that question with his age, he said, no. That's how long your heart has been pumping blood, but I want to know how long have you really, truly lived. That's when Tony Campolo told the class a story about the most memorial moment in his life. In 1944, his fourth grade class took a field trip to the top of the Empire State Building, and at the time, it was the tallest building in the world. And when nine-year-old Tony got off of the elevator and stepped out onto the observation deck, that is when his life stood still for a moment. This was a moment in his life when time stopped and he had a moment. Then he turned back to that same student and said, now let me ask you this question again. How long have you truly lived? And the young man says, since you said it that way, I've probably lived maybe an hour. <laughs> or maybe a minute. 
or two. So let me ask you two questions before we get into this particular habit. How old are you? Not out loud. That's a little blank right there. That's private. Then I want to ask you, when you look at your life and you look at the moments to where you truly lived, how long have you lived? That's powerful. Because look back on your life. What are those Empire State Building's moments that you've had? What are those moments that the world stopped and you took in the moment for a season? When was the last time in your life time stood still? And if you turned those moments into minutes, then how long have you lived? Let that sink in. Because it's easy calculating your age. However, it's much more difficult quantifying your life. And the reason is, is because time is measured in minutes, but life is truly measured in moments. We are in this series based on a book called Win the Day. And we've talked about five habits to this point. Flip the script, kiss the wave, eat the frog, which I missed that one, I'm curious. Fly the kite and cut the rope. But tonight, I want to talk to you just for a few minutes on wind the clock. Time matters. Time matters. If you have your Bible, go to Ephesians 5, 15, and 16. <clears throat> I'm reading from the NIV tonight. It says, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. The goal of this series tonight is to align us to have the right relationship with time. Because a lot of people, even here tonight, you're living in the wrong time zone. There are people that live their life stuck in past tense guilt. There are people that are living their life today that are paralyzed by future tense fear. There are people who are refusing to live because of something that's in their past and something they're afraid of in their future. Either way, they're half present, half the time, which means they're only half alive. How many of you in here tonight could say there's been times when the past has stopped you from moving forward? How many people that there are times in your life when your future, the uncertainty of your future, have stopped you from really taking in the moments that God is putting in your life for a reason? So our goal tonight is going to close the gap between the two questions that we mentioned before. The gap between how old you really are and how long you have really lived. Because I want to help you make the most of your minutes and moments because when you look at it time management is just not just practical it sounds great but it's also theological so there's three thoughts that I'm going to bring to you just for a few minutes on about winding the clock and we're going to bring in some spiritual applications about your time and how you manage it number one time is a human construct 
Time is a human construct. Mankind made seconds, minutes, and hours. Among the oldest pieces of art in the United States Capitol is the car of history clock that greets guests as they enter statutory, statutory hall. Couldn't get that word out. Above the clock stands Cleo, which is the muse of history. And she holds a book in which she records events as they unfold. And the sculpture was created by Carlo Franzoni. And the clockwork was made and installed by an 84-year-old Simon Willard in 1837. During a speech before the joint session of Congress, historian and Pulitzer Prize winner David McCullough pointed to Willard's clock as an important object lesson for the moment. He said, it is a clock with two hands and an old-fashioned face, the kind that shows what time it is now, what time it used to be, and what time it will become, past, present, and future. That's how we divide time, is that correct? And David McCullough is right, because a right relationship with those three time zones is critically important to your success every single day. There's going to be times for you to win today that you're going to have to bury dead yesterdays and imagine unborn tomorrows if you want to win and be a success. If you want to be more spiritual and have a spiritual application in your life, sometimes you're going to have to bury what happened yesterday and you're going to begin to have to, buy in faith, imagine the unborn tomorrows that God has planned for your life. Time, as we know it, was really made by man. Now, God is the one who named night and day and divided time into weeks, months, and years. But God does not exist within the dimensions of the space-time he created. You with me? Time as we know it, God does not live in that same time frame. 2 Peter 3 and 8 says, With the Lord a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. It takes a minute to get that scripture in your mind. The, the, for the Lord, a day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. God does not exist within the space-time of our dimensions that he created. There is no past, present, or future with God. And the challenge we face is that the four dimensions is all that we've ever known. In the beginning, we were created in the image of God. And we have been creating God in our own image ever since. And we put a time stamp on God and we put him in our own thoughts of time. To understand how God sees your life right now, every, each, this is what's going to make God so powerful in your life. There are many individuals that are in this house today. Every one of us different. Each and every one of us has a different path. Everyone has had a different upbringing. But right now, when God looks in this building, he sees your very beginning, and he sees your very ending. And he sees everything that you're going to do between the beginning of your life and the end of your life. Think about that for a moment. He can step back out of time as we know it, Brother David, and he can see your entire path. He knows the steps that you take. That sound familiar? He knows where you're going, and he knows what to do in your life. But this may seem impossible. But God, the Bible says, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the Alpha and the Omega. 
He is the beginning and the end. And he is the ancient of days. In the words of theologian Paul Tilch, he says, God is the eternal now. And God sees your beginning and your end and your now all in one frame. That's why we must put ourselves in his hands. Because in a glance, he can see this full spectrum of your life and direct your path accordingly. And all of that was to say this. Creation was God's way of starting the clock in our life. And we have been on the clock ever since God said, let there be light. The day is coming when one day we will cross the space-time continuum and enter into a dimension that the Bible calls heaven. Because we think of heaven as a future destination. But really, in this very moment, heaven is invading earth. Eternity invading time. And right here, right now, we're living in the midst of eternity. Eternity is not something that's going to happen when you're long gone and you turn to earth. But we are living in the middle of eternity right now. Right now, God can see your entire life. And he can direct your path accordingly. That's why it matters what you pray. It, it matters what you seek God for. Because right now, God can see your beginning from your end. He's already being in your future, working on when you're going to get to a certain place. That's when you're going to get your breakthrough. When you get to a certain place in your life, that's when God's blessing will begin to reign in your life. He can put blessings further up the head on the road of life for you. Right now, today. Because he sees everything. Number two, we live forward. But God is working backward. We are living forward. But God is working backwards. Ephesians 2 and 10, we are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works prepared for us in advance. Meaning God is ahead of us working things out for your good he is working ahead of you so that you can do the good works that he has prepared for you in your life this is where we get a holy confidence in God God is setting you up matter of fact God wants to get you where God wants you to go more than you want to get where God wants you to go That just makes me confident that, no, that I don't know what's going to happen in five years from now. I don't know what's going to happen in my life ten years from now. But I know right now, in this very moment, God sees that moment in time. And so whatever I'm believing God for, whatever I'm praying for God for, whatever's going to happen in my home and my family, God is already directing it for my good. That's where your faith in God has to come in. Because yes, he don't live in this day and in this moment not knowing what tomorrow is going to hold. He's already the tomorrow. He's already in the end. He already sees what's going to happen in your future. And that's why you got to believe God for it right now. He's ordering your steps. And he is working all things together for the good. And I understand we live in a fallen world. Bad things happen to good people. Because of this thing called free will. But God can redeem and recycle the pain and suffering in your life and turn it for the good. And the same God that began a good work in you in the very beginning can carry it out to completion. I tell people this, and I've had the opportunity to speak at Revive, and I've told people that it struggled. Look, I know that you had a detour that was not part of God's plan. But when you get back on track, 
God can bring everything back around to you and get you right back on the same path you was on before you got off that path. The same blessings that was coming your way is still going to come your way. The same liberty that God has in your life is still going to happen in your life because God can put you back on path. We may mess up, but God never messes up. You may not know how God's going to work it out, but God knows how he's going to work it out. This is going to help your faith because sometimes we worry about things we have no control over. But sometimes you got to go to the one that's in your future and say, God, this is what's going on in my life. And he says, yeah, I know. I see it. It's almost as if there's a train wreck coming. And God says, I can take your life. Because there's an intersection of somebody else that's going to cross your path. And when they cross your path, it may not work out in your favor. And God can go ahead right now. And you don't understand why you was late going to work. You don't know why you had a flat tire. You don't know why your car broke down. And God says, you know what? I've seen what happened ahead of the road for you. And so now I'm putting you on a detour. You got to understand time. God don't work on our time. Matter of fact, Brother Randy... They was going to men's conference. Brother David, that morning, if it could have went wrong, it went wrong that day. They had a perfect plan. They was all going to meet up at such and such time. They was all going to get on a shuttle bus. And they was all going to go to men's conference together. We had some breakdown. Didn't work out. Then they had to try to find cars. They was having to find this, do that, come back around. And next thing you know, it was, it was like, what, a five-hour delay? Six-hour delay? But they made it. It wasn't on their time frame. It was on God's time frame. And I remember Brother Randy came back to the church for like the fifth time. I said, Brother Randy, I don't know what's going on, but you just got to believe God that, that something... You was deterred from something. I still believe to this moment right now in this day, if they would have left at the allotted time that they had planned for, something may have happened that would not have worked out in their favor. Sometimes in your life, you don't understand the detours that God's put you through. But when you understand God and his time frame and how he works, you understand to embrace the detour because you're going this way for a reason. Things didn't work out in your favor for a reason because God sees the beginning from the end. He knows the future and he's trying to get you to where he wants you to go because there's a greater blessing for you. There's a fancy word in philosophy called teologically. <laughs> too many L's in there, too many L's. Which means it's the beginning, it's beginning something with the end in mind. And that's who God is. That's what God does. And that's what we do. Watch this. Right now in your life, you could either live minutes and let the minutes just go by. Or you can seize opportunities for moments. Because moments is when you'll truly live. How many minutes went by today that you didn't even realize what was going on? Minutes just flew out. The, and you squandered your life today. 
Watch this. Hard question. Did you have a moment today that's going to impact you forever? Did God have a moment prepared for you in your life today that could have changed your life and you missed it because you was worried about your minutes? That's powerful. Because God wants us to have moments to where God could intervene in your life and do something great. Now think about your life and your past. Think about in your memory there were seasons in your life when there was such a great moment. It may have been a vacation. It may be family sitting around the table laughing. It may have been one of the greatest moments of your life. It may have been camping. One of my greatest moments that I will always remember, I could live for eternity, and I will always remember the moment of me and my dad going camping on the river. And it was like rough camping. It wasn't no glamping. Like, we had a tent. That's about it. We didn't have nothing to cover up with. It was just a tent. No, just kidding. But I remember, just let you, kind of let, let you understand what we're talking about here. It's these moments that matter. I remember my dad, at dark, he would, make, he would percolate coffee on the fire. What's real deal stuff? Because we, we're going to stay up all night because we're going to be running trot lines. And we'd catch those fish and skin those fish because the next day, we having fish. That's a big deal. And so it's easy to talk about spiritual things. But in your life right now, in your home and in your family unit, in your, you're, you're a parent, you are a grandmother, you're a grandfather. How many moments are you having that's going to impact your life or someone else's life forever. Because it's easy to work your life away, man. And you miss moments that you can never get back. It's easy to squander your minutes every single day and you miss the moments that God had planned for your life to impact your life forever. I believe I'm a better guy right now because I slept in the woods. man up because it's dark and there's something there's something outside this tent if you ain't never had that moment you ain't lived you know what I'm saying Woo! and it wasn't no squirrel in the middle of the night either they don't come out at night funny story we was camping like my brother was with me one time with us when we was camping and we looked out the tent, and we seen something like something like reflecting light in the woods. And it looked like two eyes looking at us all night long. <laughs> then my daddy got to talking about panthers, how they when they when they uh, when they roar, it sounds like a woman screaming. And we heard it in the background. Ah! I said, "There is a panther like right there." And my dad shot. His pistol, like, pow, and it didn't move. It looked like it blinked. <laughs> so needless to say, I didn't get out the tent. Come to find out the next day it was a can. <laughs> I went over. <laughs> Moments, man. 
We talked about it yesterday, moments. Moments. you got to seize the moment, Luke, every single day of your life. You're just going to be a dad, bro. You better seize every moment. Because I remember one time, listen, listen, I work. I work for a great company. We work. They work me to death. And my little girl, Elena, was growing up, and she was a precious little baby girl. And I'd come home, you know, and I would I'd get on the ground and play with her. And, you know, she'd crawl on my head and crawl around. And it was just such a good time. And I went into a season where I was working. And I was just going to come home. I was so tired. And then one day I got home, Brother Ralph, and I sat down in the chair. And my little girl came up to me and started having a conversation. I was like, I missed it. When did she start talking in sentences? That was a moment. My minutes was being squandered, but there was a moment when I said, I cannot let another day go by without doing something to connect. And it was actually shortly after that, I was like, God, you got to help me. Well, lo and behold, I got asked to come on staff here at this wonderful church, and now I got all, you know, I got plenty of time. I'm not at home all day, just so y'all know, I am working around the church. <laughs> I got to watch how I, 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 we worked a lot. We was here until 9.30 last night. Did y'all see our new addition to the platform? <laughs> Pastor don't know about that yet. <laughs> Sunday's going to be fabulous. <laughs> fabulous. Put it over there. We'll deal with that Sunday. And that's going to be a moment. <laughs> Not a minute. <laughs> oh, this is fun. This is, this is fun. Got to talk about it, man. This is some good stuff. Read this book. We're not going to get done. For us, the arrow of time moves in one direction and one direction only, from the past to the present to the future. Jesus shows up in the New Testament. Well, he messes them up. And he says, before Abraham was, I am. They hit the brakes. What in the world are you talking about? We know who your dad is. We knew Joseph. We know Mary. We know who you are. But how do you come to us and telling us that before Abraham was, you was? Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Listen to Joshua 6 and 2. I don't believe they have it. But listen to this great example. God says to Joshua, they're getting ready to conquer Jericho. They're on the verge of conquering Jericho. God shows up, an angel of the Lord shows up and says, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. Before the battle happens, God says, I've already planned out your success in your life. And this brings us to our third thought on how God looks at our lives. Everything is created twice. Oh, yeah, I got you. Everything was once a thought. There was an internal, mental, or spiritual creation in your life. Then and only then is there a physical manifestation. That's what imagining unborn tomorrows is all about. It all has to start with a thought before it can manifest. If you ever go to Washington, D.C., it first existed in the imagination of a man named Pierre, Pierre Charles Ellenfont. 
He was a military engineer who turned urban planner who transferred ideas to a 21-ounce piece of paper, which is called a map, which now sits in a plexiglass case in the Library of Congress. Before we, there was ever a Washington, D.C., there was a man who planned out a map of the entire city before it ever happened. So when you navigate Pennsylvania Avenue and run around the National Mall, you are navigating places and spaces that was once only a thought and an idea. Our physical reality was nothing more than an idea that existed in the mind of a man. And this is part of being created in the image of God. That's the image that allows us to imagine. According to Talmud, along with everything God spoke into existence during the six days of creation, God made provision for miraculous moments that would happen throughout human history. Let me break this down. Who loves the story of creation, the six days of creation? Powerful. When God spoke those days into an existence, he also was providing avenues for the miraculous on those very same days in creation. Watch this. At creation, God made provisions for the Red Sea to split apart. He made provisions for the, stand, the sun and the moon to stand still for Joshua. He made opportunity for the ravens to feed Elijah and a fish to spit out Jonah and the fire not to burn up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and the lions not to harm Daniel. And at creation, at conception, God planned the miraculous. Before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee. In your life, he has already interjected moments for the miraculous to happen in your life. He's already created moments in your life that was going to change you forever. We must also have in our hearts the thought process to know that God is going to do something great in our life. You've got to think now on what you want God to do in your future. And if you begin to think by faith and pray by faith, when you get to where God has that intersection, it's going to happen in your life. What provisions are you making right now for tomorrow? That's powerful. Are, are you just wake up every day in a new world? What's that song? It's a whole new There are seasons in your life you just wake up and hope for the best. But there's got to be a season in your life that before you go to bed at night, you've got to plan for tomorrow. You've got to make provisions now for your success tomorrow. What are you going to do now to be successful in a year? What are you going to do now for your business to be a success in a year? What are you going to do right now to be spiritually stronger in a year? Because whatever you plan now will manifest itself later when God gives you a vision anybody ever had a God-given vision for your life for your home and family if God gives you a vision he'll always make the provision every single time the faithfulness of God is pursuing us from the past and the sovereignty of God is setting us up for success in the future you're here for such a time as this and you're here for such a place as this time is running out time is running out for me let's look back to the historian David McCullough he said this at, during his speech 
I have decided that the digital watch is the perfect symbol of an imbalanced outlook in our day. It tells us only what the time is now at this very instant, as if it was all anyone ever would wish or need to know. You remember when you had the watch with the faces? Then your phone came out and all you had was digital? Because we are a time and a place in history where we're just worried about the now and we're not worried about the future. For us to wind the clock and win the day, we must understand that time that we have beyond just a moment. Looking in the past realigns us with the future and looking beyond gives us our direction. It's this moment that demands that we act now to conquer both. The right relationship with time means recognizing first and foremost that time is measured in minutes, but life is measured in moments, and not all time is created equal. you got to plan now for moments. Whether it's you, you want to be a better father, you want to be a better mother, you want your business to succeed, then you got to plan now. You want that relationship to succeed, you got to plan now, but you got to plan in these little minutes for the big moments that's going to happen later. And when you begin to work on your moments and you begin to plan your life, God can do more in one day than you could ever accomplish in a thousand years because you're willing to wind the clock. Moments. Yesterday. Yesterday, I got all this on my head. And, and we're in here working. And in my heart, Brother, Brother Carbo, he was here. I've been having this. And sometimes, you ever, you ever just get so caught up in your life you forget to look up? Just in general, you just got to get it done, got to get it done, got to get it done. One thing to the next. That'll make you angry and frustrated. So yesterday was something special for me because Brother Darrell was here. We had Caleb here, and we was working. Now, I work later than I normally do. I normally don't stay here till 930 at night. Thank the Lord. But I intentionally made moments yesterday to where we would laugh. And enjoy the journey. Because we had a lot to do. It was stressful. See that box? That's everything. Something happens to that box, fired. <laughs> That's everything that runs our sound, everything top to bottom. Very stressful. But I had to make moments yesterday that I wouldn't get so caught up I'd be angry and frustrated. And, buddy, we did some laughing up in here yesterday, and we made some time. Because you know what the Bible tells us? Be careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. you got to make the most of every opportunity. I wanted to be home early working on my house, but I couldn't. But if I had to make the most out of this opportunity, it was going to be a time that I'd always remember, and it would be a moment I would never forget working here at the church. You know what the KJV says about this scripture, making the most of every opportunity? It says you've got to redeem the time. What's amazing is, you know what, we all have the same amount of minutes and hours every single day. There's 24 hours in a day for me. There's 24 hours in a day for you. It don't matter if you're rich. It don't matter if you're poor. It don't matter if you're having a great day or a bad day. We all get 24 hours, and you have got to learn to plan your days in such a way that you redeem the time out of every moment. Let's talk about this just for a second. 
I got to hurry up and accelerate this. Make sure I don't miss nothing. Okay, watch this. Watch this. Let me sure we get this. Take advantage of every single opportunity throughout each day, for each day is a gift from God. You wake up in the morning. Today was a gift. You didn't have to be here. A lot can happen while you sleep. You did not have to be here today. You didn't have to be here tonight. Anything can happen. The wise give their best to pursue righteousness each day as, they, as the opportunity presents itself, and they do not waste time they, they have serving God. Much in the same way, we must not waste the opportunity with the time we've been giving. We must take advantage to fulfill every bit of time that we have, you know, on time and, and spend it very wisely. We live in a culture that aims at 15 minutes of fame. We want get rich quick. We want a quick fix. And we want instant gratification right now in this very moment. Let me share something with you. And here's the bottom line and the big idea that comes from managing your time. You don't find time to do things. You make time. My little boy, I'll use personal experiences, out of the blue told my wife he wants to go fishing. That's my moment. I may never find the time, but I'm going to make time. We're going to go put a cricket on the hook. Boop. May not catch nothing, but we're going to do it. All of us are allotted, like I said earlier, the same number of seconds in every minute of every single day because time is a great equalizer. You don't find time to write a book. You make time. You don't find time to train for a marathon. You make time. You don't find time to be a better husband or a wife. You make time. You don't find time to be a better dad or mom. You find time to make, to do this. You're not going to find time to be more spiritual, more dedicated to God. You've got to make that time. You've got to carve that out of those minutes every single day. You've got to carve those minutes to have a moment. Watch this. Sometimes you've got to curse the barren fig trees in your life. Jesus curses the barren fig tree. Why? Pretty simple. It was not producing fruit, and that's not a good steward. Faithfulness is fruitfulness. Faithfulness is fruitfulness. And all of us have barren fig trees in our lives, things that waste time and waste energy every day. Every day. Winding the clock means to recognize every moment for what it is. It's a gift from God. Think about this in your idle time. That's a gift. What are you going to do with it? Every minute of the day is an absolute gift from God, and we need to be mindful of what we decide to do with every single gift throughout the day. The problem is that we often let ourselves be, become distracted, especially in today's world of social media and online platforms. The average person spends right now 142 minutes on social media a day. That is 15% of your day. Where? What'd you learn? Did God talk to you in those 15% of your day? I doubt it. Doubt it. They got scriptures on here, yeah. They got a lot of other negativity on there, too. That just kind of overtook that scripture you just thought you read. Cursing the barren fig trees, identifying the things that waste time. And it may not be social media for some. It's saving time the same way you would save money. Setting your alarm clock is a spiritual decision if you want to be spiritually better. You may have to set your alarm clock three times a day 
to remind yourself to pray for five minutes, that's okay because you're having moments. You're not letting minutes pass you by. It's okay if, if, if you set your alarm to read a scripture every single day, five times a day. It's okay because you got to understand you're going to get so many minutes. And if you forget, then it doesn't happen. We want you to be better. And sometimes you got to focus on your life and say, you know what? Am I squandering my minutes or am I going out of my way to make moments where God can do something in my life? you got to identify those things that waste your time. Listen, you may say, hey, I'm a morning person. Then you better take care of your business in the morning that you want to get done. There are other people that are night owls. They just love staying up till past midnight, not me. But there's people in here that you get your best work done after 9 p.m., house gets quiet, and it may be a, a mom in here, that that's the best time for you to get anything done is after all the kids are in the bed, the husband is in bed, and you got the whole house to yourself, and then you can finally have a thought. If you know anything about raising kids, this is, this, our house changed with our son. All right, I'm not going to finish this, so I'm going to just go ahead and roll with this. I'm going to tell you what, I was a morning, I'd wake up early, I would read my Bible, I'd sit in my chair, I'd read my Bible, drink my coffee, write my little notes down, have enlightened moments. <laughs> Jaron's born. We live in a camper right now, temporarily. You can't even get, you can't even put your feet on the ground without him waking up. I thought I was going to be doing great. I'd like pre-make the coffee, and all I have to do was turn it on, and it would make coffee, and I'd just sneak in there and turn it on and sneak back. My, my time has changed. What I used to do in the morning ain't happening. Wake up, chaos. Ah. Get up running. Let's, let's, let's just leave the house, guys. Let's just get everybody dressed. Let's get out the house, and it's going to be fine. And then I'm finding myself, my best moments is happening in the evening. But I got to redeem the time because I only got so many minutes in my day. If I'm going to do anything, I got to do it later on in the day. Sometimes if you want to make the most of your moments, you may want to get a degree. You may want to learn about a particular topic. You, wanna, you may want to read a book. Sometimes you got a habit stack. Have we talked about that in this series? Sometimes you got to look at your time. You may have a commute to work that takes 35 minutes, unless you're going to Baton Rouge, it's four hours. <laughs> That's a great opportunity to get an audio book. And for 30 minutes, you're diving into an audio book instead of just driving down the road listening to the radio. Just you got to understand, you got to learn to habit stack your life. Put a book in your bathroom. Don't bring your phone in there with you. Don't listen to the news. Pray for the news. I, I've been doing that today. I, I, I'm not even looking at the news right now. Listen to a podcast while you exercise. Listen to an audio book while you commute. You redeem the time by turning daily routines into good habits. You may be someone that... You walk around the neighborhood, that, that's your perfect time to, to um, habit stack and, and read something. As, as a lady, I heard there was a story, I think it was Sister Joy Haney, 
her, in her routine of raising children and being a mother, the best time that she had communicating with God was when she was standing at her kitchen sink washing dishes. She would turn on her praise music and she would pray. And as she began to pray while she was washing dishes, because obviously none of the kids was around. It was dishwashing time. There was nobody in the kitchen at that moment. That's when God began to speak to her. And she began to write books, y'all. It may be Joy Haney, it, it, but it was a lady that wrote a book. So if she, she's listening, I'm sorry if it wasn't you, but hey. All right. In closing, trying to see if I have anything else. I have a few more things here. You got to have boundaries in your life. Boundaries in your life. Predecisions. Joseph made a predecision not to be tempted by Potiphar's wife before it ever happened. That's your time God's given you. You wake up every day, that's your gift. You set boundaries on your gift, and you don't let anybody steal from your gift and take your gift needlessly. Asterisk, you work for a boss, that's his time, okay? <laughs> don't tell him you can't get in your boundaries. But understanding you only get so much time every single day, and you got to create boundaries in your life. you got to create moments where you can get done with what you want to get done every single day to accomplish the vision God has placed in your life. The ancient Greeks have two words for time, chronos and kairos. Chronos is clock time. That's the clock that I'm looking at right now because I'm two minutes past my time. It's where we get the word chronology, chronos. It's sequential. It's past, present, future. Chronos is quantitative. Seconds mean it's minutes, hours. Managing chronos time is incredibly important. If you don't control your calendar, your calendar will control you. But kairos is what's powerful. In Ephesians 5 and 16, when he's talking about managing your time and redeeming your time, that is kairos. These are the moments that you never get back, and it's translated in two ways, time and opportunity. You only get so much time in your life to do the vision that God has created you to do. I remember I had a time in my life just a few years ago that I had to get up early to do, some, do a course online. It was something that God had given me a vision to do, and I woke up at 4 a.m. every day, Monday through Friday, and for two and a half hours, I did my online work because I had to redeem the time. Did I want to get up? No. But God gave me a vision and gave me a purpose, and I had to redeem the time because I only got so many minutes in a day, and I had to make every moment count. So you want to win the day? Capture your moments. Don't let minutes just go by and, and go through your fingertips and just waste time stop smell the roses i give you permission right now to just stop and look at your life and say you know what maybe i need to stop just for a moment and stop letting time just pass me by and start accumulating experiences in your life 
Don't accumulate possessions. Accumulate experiences in your life right now. You've got to manage your minutes so that you can manage the moments in your life. Because one life, your life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last right now in your life. It's more than just time management. What is it that God, you can, you can stand, we're fixing to dismiss. What is it that God wants you to do right now? What is it? Is there a vision that God has given you? Is there something that you're wanting to do for God and doing something for the kingdom of God? Is there something that you want to do for your home and family? What is that thing? Rain up those minutes and start making moments. You hear people all the time, they're 70 years old going to college and taking college courses and graduating with a bachelor's degree and other degrees. It, then do it. Read that Bible in a year. Get on a Bible course. Do whatever you got to do. Because God has given you this moment right now, today, to make something happen, to be the best you you could ever be. Stop settling for less than what you deserve. Stop settling for less than what God has planned for you. Understand that God has given you moments every single day that you've got to learn to capture it. How many people have lived their lives to its conclusion and look back and they always say they had regrets they should have. They should have done this and they should have done that. Don't be that person. Do it. Do it. Plan it right now. Because if you don't plan it now, just like that, that picture of Washington, D.C., if, if you never plan it, if you never put it on paper, if you, if you never make provisions for it, it's never going to happen. But it starts right now. It starts today. It starts tonight. When you lay your head down on your pillow and you start thinking about tomorrow, you say, you know what, what can I do tomorrow? It may take only five minutes of my day. What can I do right now to be better? Because you've got to learn to wind the clock. The clock's in your hands. Your success is in your hands. The moments are in your hands. What are you going to do with every minute? We're going down to the river, down to the river, down to the river to pray. Yeah, yeah.